Okay, if you want to turn to uh, Matthew chapter 14. Matthew 14, we're going to start in verse 22. Um, so I want, to, I want to read a passage and just talk for a few moments about this. Uh, it's a story you've heard many, many times. And it's a very important story in the Bible, and it teaches a, a great deal. Matthew chapter 14, we're here on the Sea of Galilee, in the boat, and it's cool to be out sailing on the same sea that Jesus sailed Amen. on. So the Bible says in Matthew chapter 14, verse 22, it says, Immediately Jesus made or constrained his disciples to get into the boat and go before him to the other side, as she said, while he sent the multitudes away. Uh, now this follows the miracle of the loaves and the fish. So the disciples follow Jesus' command and to get into the boat on the other side. So not only are they in the will of God, they're in the perfect will of God. Jesus has given them a direct command and they're following it out. There's no question about it. Verse 23, when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. Now when evening came, he was alone there. But the boat was now in the middle of the sea, tossed by the waves, for the wind was contrary. So maybe somewhere right in this area. They are stuck in the middle of a storm, if you will. Uh, they are doing exactly what God has told them to do, but they're still in a storm. Being in a storm in your life does not indicate whether or not you are in the will of God. They were in a storm in their life, and they were in the perfect will of God, yet they're in the storm. They have problems. Sometimes you can be faced with problems and be in the perfect will of God. Just being in the will of God does not mean everything's always going to be rosy. So they've come too far to turn back, but they still have halfway to go. They are stuck. Have you ever been stuck in the middle of a situation in your life? That's where they find themselves. Verse 25, Now in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went to them walking on the sea. The fourth watch was about 3 a.m. It's too dark to quit, but it's also too dark and problems to keep going. They're just stuck in a dark terrifying situation that they don't have an answer for. They did not have the presence of Jesus with them and it caused them fear. Anytime we are left alone to fend for ourselves, it will cause fear. We need the presence of Jesus. And it's proof that other people don't are not the answer for fear because they had each other and yet they were still terrified. It is only the presence of Jesus in our life that is the answer for our fear. A life without Him is dark and it's fearful. In the darkest of nights, in the most terrible storms you'll ever face, when fear is trying to grip your heart, if you can just get in the presence of Jesus, He will fix it all. The Gospel of John, in verse, uh, chapter 6, verse 18, 19, says, The sea arose, and there was a great wind blowing. So when they had rowed about three or four miles, about three miles across the Sea of Galilee, which is about six miles or so, is halfway. So it's dark, the wind is against them, the waves are against them, and they're halfway. They're stuck in the middle, if you will. In fact, Matthew says, now in the midst of it, or in the middle of it. Mark says he saw them toiling and rowing. The three or four miles speaks to the distance to the shore. They've come halfway. They've come too far to quit, but they still have over halfway to go. Have you ever gotten to the place where you stepped out in the will of God in your life, but you got about halfway and you said, I can't do this, God? I think God allows that because we need Him through the entire process. Sometimes you're in the middle of the will of God and no matter how hard, you try to, how hard you try to fight the storm, how hard you try to go against it, you can't do it on your own. 
So verse 25 says it was the darkest part of the night. So the shore is against you, the wind's against you, the darkness, you're in the middle, you're too far from the shore to push ahead, you're too far, you've come too far to quit now, you are stuck. Have you ever been there in your life? Verse 26 says this, And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying it is a ghost, and cried out for fear. They didn't recognize when Jesus came to them. How many times has Jesus come to our life and we didn't even recognize it was him? He is walking right to them and they think it's a ghost. And the reason they were afraid, they were physically exhausted, they were mentally drained using all their semen skills that they had at their disposal. They're struggling for survival. Forget about abundance. They're just trying to survive. Have you ever been there in your life when you're just trying to survive? If I could just make it another hour, another day, maybe I'll get through this. Have you ever been there? So they look out at the fourth watch and they see something walking towards them and they think it's a ghost. And the reason they were terrified is in those days, they believed that the death angel would come from the abyss of the Sea of Galilee to take you down and take you under. They thought they were going to die. So verse 27, But immediately Jesus spoke to them and saying, Be of good cheer, it is I, do not be afraid. The answer to fear is Jesus himself. He said, it is I. They would have recognized immediately. He was basically saying, I am. The I am is here. And they would have recognized us. The spoken word of God delivers us from fear. I am is an unfinished sentence. It is God saying to us, to you and I today, fill in the blanks. If you need hope, I'm hope. If you need healing, I'm healing. If you need comfort, I'm comfort. If you need joy, I'm joy. If you need peace, I'm peace. If you need salvation, I'm salvation. If you need deliverance, I'm deliverance. Whatever you need is what Jesus is for you and I. So he goes, he was saying to them, I am whatever you need me to be. Now let's pick up a very familiar portion of the scripture. Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. So he said, come. And when Peter had come down out of the boat, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. Two people, maybe right here where we're sitting, walked on this water. Wow. They walked on the water. He was walking on the water based on the spoken word of God. When we step out on the spoken word of God that we have right here in our Bibles, we will be able to walk all over things that ordinarily would sink us. Verse 30 says this, But when he saw the wind was boisterous, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried out saying, Lord, save me. So he takes his off, eyes off Jesus and he begins to sink. He had a shift in focus. His focus went from the word in Jesus to the storm and the waves. His shift in focus caused him to go from being a victor to a victim. His circumstances replaced his Savior and took him under. He became subject to the circumstances when his eyes left Jesus and the Word of God. And the same will happen to you and I. When his eyes were on Jesus, he was on top of the circumstances. Remember, the circumstances never changed. All that shifted was his focus. So when his focus went from, the, from Jesus and the Word to the problem, he went from big faith to little faith. And little faith took him under. Fear grew because faith decreased because his focus shifted. But he said three powerful words that you and I need to know when we're in a deep, horrible trial. Three-word prayer that changed everything. Lord, save me. Remember the other day we were preaching it doesn't take hours to get God's attention? Three words. Lord, save me. 
And what's cool is, when you are beginning to sink in a storm, it doesn't take hours of prayer. It just takes Jesus reaching down to grab you. Verse 31. Immediately Jesus stretched out his hand and caught him and said, Oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? I love this. Jesus reaches out. He didn't sink. The Bible says he began to sink. He wasn't sunk. He wasn't dead. He didn't go under. Jesus rescued him before he got there. And just like you and I, we will face things sometimes that we think are going to kill us. They're going to take us under. But if we'll just cry out to Jesus, he'll reach out and he'll rescue us and, and save us. Jesus is always on time. What's over my head is under his feet. What's over my head is under his feet. Jesus is walking on that thing that has been over us all night right in the middle of your sea. Right in the middle of your trial, He's walking right over it. Wow. It's nice to see Jesus at church, but it's quite another to see Him in the midst of your trial. Wow. The Gospel of John said, in verse 30, well, let's read verse 32. When they got into the boat, the wind ceased. Then those who were in the boat came and worshipped Him, saying, Truly, You are the Son of God. Uh, they got into the boat, and here's my question, how? I believe that Jesus carried them in the boat because the Bible doesn't declare. But I'm sure there were some that were probably a little rude to him and said, Oh, Peter, man, you had it going good. Why did you do this? You let us down. Probably there were some other ones, maybe like me, that would have said, Hey, guys, who's this? Save me! <laughs> and laughed and thought it was funny. But perhaps there was one that said, Simon Peter, what was it like to be carried by Jesus? What was it like to be carried by the one who can fix every problem? Wow. The Gospel of John says they willingly received him into the boat. When we receive Jesus into our life and our trials, it fixes everything. Now it doesn't say they sailed a road anymore. And just in closing here, I find it interesting that as soon as Jesus was in the boat, they were immediately where they were going. Has that ever happened to you before? It seems like you're fighting, you're praying, you're fasting, you're doing everything you can possibly do to fix the answer. And finally you just say, I give up. Jesus, will you help me? And he shows up and as soon as he does, immediately the problem's fixed. Isn't that the greatness of God? No more fighting the sea. No more fighting the wind. No more fighting the darkness. He gets into your boat. He gets into your sea. He gets into your problem. He gets into your trial and he gets you through it. Hallelujah. It was Jesus that sent them to the other side and there was no circumstance and no force in hell that could stop His command. And what Jesus has empowered us to do, what He's commanded us to do, no devil in hell can stop that. Amen. Praise the Lord.